morning. I'm Jonathan, Connections Pastor here at Springwell. We're so glad you're here this morning. In just a few moments, our band is going to come out and play a few songs. You'll notice there'll be lyrics on both screens that you can follow along with and engage in worship in any way you see fit. After that, Pastor Scott is going to come out and share an encouraging word from Scripture. All in all, we'll be here just a little over an hour. If you're a guest with us, we want to remind you this morning that we have some amazing kids' environments. And it's not too late to get your kids in those environments. If you'll just walk out into the lobby, there'll be a greeter there that would love to point you in the right direction. Also, if you enjoyed today's service, we would love to invite you back next week as we start a brand new series called Still the One. Still the One is going to be a few weeks of a series all about family, family dynamics, and family relationships. We would love to see you back next week. Now, go ahead and find your seat if you haven't done so already. Kick back, relax, and enjoy today's service. Thanks for being here.
come on in. We're putting some extra seats out. So go ahead, find a seat as you're making your way in. Let's celebrate the fact that we have a living hope this morning. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into and through the darkness, and through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written, Jesus Christ, my So great a mercy. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to where I sin and bear. your victory. It says, where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll read that again. It says, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? For the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to God for he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ let's celebrate that today
inside of this room, and we have some overflow in the lobby. If you are one of our regular folks, um, and you would be willing to go out there and um, maybe switch seats with some other people, don't feel any pressure to do that, especially if maybe if you're sitting in the back and you wouldn't mind doing that, you can go ahead and uh, do that. That would be a 
be a big help um, just to kind of let some of those folks come in as they begin to kind of trickle in. That, I, I think that right there will probably be enough. Thank you guys so much. Um, in case you, if you are a, if you are a guest with us this morning, in case you can't figure out, we're glad you're here for people to literally give up their seats um, that people could, could come and have a place in here is a, is a big deal to us. Um, and also want to remind you, if you're a guest with us, uh, we do have some wonderful kids environments in the very next building. And so if you would, um, if you would like to take advantage of those, they can learn about Jesus on their own level. Um, if you go out to the lobby, there's some greeters out there. They'll be happy to walk you over there and you can check your child in. Y'all can go ahead and have a seat. Happy Easter. In case you, in case you can't tell, maybe, maybe you, um, aren't, big believer in the whole Jesus thing. We just want you to know that's fine. We're glad you're here. Thank you for allowing us to worship and thank you for being here. Um, and our hope is that through um, our genuine expression of worship and as you, as you hear the message and as you hear these other elements that you'll see um, that what we're talking about is legit. And the reason that we sing is because we can't do anything else in response when we realize how much Jesus loves us. So today we celebrate the fact that he didn't just die for our sins, the fact that he was willing to get out of the grave and he overcame death. He defeated the grave. The grave, the stone began to roll away. Man should not have been able to roll it away, but the God-man, Jesus, was able to roll it away. And that's what we celebrate um, this morning. Uh, as we get ready to take up our offering, if you've been here the last few weeks, you know that we're taking up a special Easter offering every year. We build a house for someone in Guatemala. This year, Erica and Miguel have five children, and we're trying to raise money to build their house. Um, he works as a welder. Um, she's actually currently pregnant um, with uh, their fifth child, but their house is eroding. They're in Guatemala. Their house is eroding. It's built by mud and straw, and it, even what little bit of a house they have is beginning to fall down. And so we've kind of taken it upon ourselves. For $14,500, we can build them a, a home and we can furnish it. Isn't that amazing? $14,500. So far, we are halfway there. So this morning, if you would be willing to give towards that, above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings, you can grab an envelope at one of the doorways on the way out. You can um, give online and just click Easter, or you can text the word Easter in any amount that's about to be on the screen in just a moment. Um, if you are a guest with us this morning, do not give. Um, that is not why someone invited you. That's not why you're here. That's not what we're about. I think churches sometimes get a reputation for being about your money. We want you to know that that is the furthest thing from our minds. So just sit on your wallet for a little while and let this be our gift to you. If, you're, if you are a regular, you know that you can give a bunch of different ways. You can uh, give at the kiosk in the lobby. You can text the number that's going to be on the screen in just a moment. You can give online at springwell.org slash events. Um, or you can give in the bucket as we pass it in just a moment. But first, let me pray. God, as we, as we try to go back to 2,000, whatever years ago it is, and Lord, just picture in my, our minds the reality of the situation, the historical event. God, how you had sent your son, and it had all built up to this moment. Everyone doubted so much. And it seemed like on Friday that the plan was the plan was dead. And then Saturday there was had to be enough time for those followers of Jesus of just complete bewilderment of how they gave up their lives to follow this man who's dead now. God, but thank you for Sunday. Thank you that what was bewilderment suddenly became astonishment. And today, Lord, we celebrate you. We believe that you died on a cross and that you didn't stay dead. You're the only one who's ever been dead and came back to life and never died again. God, that is what we put our hope in this morning. That is our living, breathing hope. Lord, I pray for the person that's in here this morning that's running low on hope. 
Lord, that they would be somehow reminded that you can take what's little and make it much. You can take a lunchbox and make it a feast. You can take what's hopeless and make it hopeful. You can take what's dead and make it alive. Remind us of that this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're on the left side of the road, there's a bucket under your chair. If you could take that, pass it to the right, and an usher will get it on the other side. Thank you guys for being at Springwell. I believe sometimes it can be hard to understand why my life is full of unanswered prayers I have spent hours days years begging God to step in and make things different I've asked him to be the difference and I'm still praying I mean the church isn't a great example either Christians aren't always Christ-like. <laughs> the church is known more for what they're against than what they're for. And I'm no better. I get jealous. I'm not kind. I can be rude. And I always want my own way. No matter what. I give up on people. I give up on myself. And I give up on God. I have questions too, like why things are the way they are. And I wonder about what I read in my Bible. And why does God do what he does and doesn't do what he doesn't do? It, it seems the longer I walk with Jesus, the more questions I have than answers. So why do I believe? Why would anyone believe? Why do you believe? Good morning. How y'all? Feeling good? Pumped up? Ready to go? Sweet. Man, I love Easter. i, I got to be honest. It, it's my favorite holiday. It really is. It, I, I'm, I like Easter better than I do Christmas. And I know what you're thinking. Well, you dummy. I mean, he had, to, he had to get here. You know, there had to be a birth before there could be a death and a resurrection. And, and, and I know, I know, I know, I get that. But, you know, there, there's so much commercialism that, are, that always surrounds Christmas. But Easter. I mean, it's like all we focus on, really, at Easter is <clears throat> to celebrate, you know, the resurrection. I think that Easter is the perfect time for anybody who's ever considered putting their faith in Jesus. It's, it's the perfect time for you to be at church. So if you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're not a Christian, I would like to challenge you this morning to become a Christian 
in spite of the fact that you know some Christians. <laughs> Are you with me? Like, in spite of the fact that you work with some Christians, in spite of the fact that, you know, you live across from one who's a knucklehead most of the time, you know, and they're jerks, in, in spite of the fact that maybe you live with a Christian. <laughs> Boy, that got quiet, didn't it? You know what? That was a nervous laugh, you know? Because here's the thing, you know, maybe you see them who they are when they're at home, and you look and you think, that's like nothing like it's supposed to be. I have to admit that we as Christians haven't done a very good job of really reflecting Jesus. And even if you think that we're all a bunch of hypocrites, I would still like for you to think about this morning, if you would consider, if you would just consider fully surrendering your life to Jesus. I want you to consider fully surrendering your life to Jesus, even if there's been some pain in your life. Even, in, even though God hasn't answered some of your prayers, even though maybe you lost that child. And I talked to a, a father this morning who walked with one of his friends who just lost a child, who had walked with him several years ago when he lost his child. Even though maybe you've lost a child, maybe even though you've lost a mom or a dad or, or maybe a spouse, and you've thought, how in the world could a good God, how could a loving God do such a terrible thing? And maybe in spite of the fact that you don't have all your questions answered. The truth of it is, you may never get all your questions answered. And the truth of it is, I know that this morning, I do not have all the answers to the questions that you might have. I, I don't have the answers. In spite of all of that, I would still like for you to consider becoming a follower of Jesus. And if you're wondering, why in this world would I do such a thing? Then here's what I would say. It's, the answer to that is, is all wrapped up in Easter. That's why I love Easter. Because the foundation of the Christian faith is not the behavior of Christians. Thank the Lord Jesus. That's what I'm saying. The foundation of the Christian faith isn't answered prayer. Our answers prayer is sweet. Do we like it when God answers prayer? Are y'all out there? Well, we like it when he says yes. <laughs> no, we don't like it when he says no, but we're all about the yes, right? The foundation of the Christian faith is not having all of our questions answered. It's not the foundation of the Christian faith. The foundation of the Christian faith is, is the reason that we're here today. It is to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. So I want to jump, I want to, give, I want to take you to a passage of Scripture that I think is just a lot of fun. It's a familiar passage. I'm going to start, we're going to be in John 20, and I'm going to go there in just a second. And, and, uh, and, and you're going to hear these verses as they're read, and you're going to go, It's Easter. You know, it's Easter, and just about every church, there's, there's tons of pastors that are going to stand up this morning. They're standing right now, even as I am standing. And they'll probably go to this text, and they'll beautifully exegete this text. But let me tell you what I love about this passage. I love this passage because this is a real-life passage that is filled with doubt. Oh, you didn't hear me. <laughs> and that, that's what I saw a few weeks ago, and I thought, you know what? Easter after Easter after Easter, year after year after year, we've gone to a text, and because sometimes we're just familiar with the text, we fail to see what's really there. And I love this passage, because I'm going to be honest, as I read this passage and studied this passage, I really thought, God, I probably would have left that part out. <laughs> you know, I probably wouldn't have included that. I might have, you know, kind of danced around that one a little bit. I'm not sure if I would have included that. But the God, the creator of the universe... Jesus in the flesh, God, included details because that's just who he is. John chapter 20, here we go, you ready? Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, told you, right? You could quote that early on Sunday morning, right? You got that. Mary Magdalene. Okay, so I would have probably stopped right there and probably would have said, now, God, if I'm just going to be you, I probably would have left the whole Mary Magdalene being there. I would have left that part out. 
And I would have left that part out because here's what you have to understand. We don't get it now, but in the first century, women had absolutely, positively no credibility whatsoever. They couldn't appear or testify in court. Women were at the very bottom of the social totem pole. Who were we kidding? They weren't on the totem pole at all. And so I'm just saying that if there had been any way for Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John to have excluded these women out of the story, they would have done so because right out of the gate, this would have discredited the story. Somebody would have said, oh, you got women in here. You can't believe any of this. I mean, we all know you can't. A woman, a woman can't even testify in court. So we know that there's no credibility to the story. Don't listen to anything else that they have to say. So why did God include these women in the, in the uh, account of the resurrection? Because they were there. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's why they're included. I had a lot of fun with that. Some of y'all not as much as I did, I guess. So here's what it says. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been moved, removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple. And just so you know, because this is going to be, I love this. The other disciple, this is John writing the story. Are you with me? This is the gospel of John. Hello, you with me? This is, this is, the, this is John that's writing the story. And so he is the other disciple. Okay. It's going to get good. This is really good. Listen to what he says. This is the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved. <laughs> Am I the only one? I just think that's a hoot. So John's saying, like, you know, I know, he, I know God's love. He loves everybody, but <laughs> he loved me more than he loved them. I mean, it's, <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. It's right here in the Scripture. I mean, it's just sweet, isn't it? And said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. And I love this passage I love this passage because Mary didn't go running to the disciples and say, he's risen, he's risen. And this is Sunday morning, this is Easter, this is what she should have said. It would just really made for a, a better text. He has risen, he has risen. He said he would rise on the third day. He said he would die. He said he would be crucified. He said he would be killed. He said he would rise on the third day. And by golly, he did it. And I know he did it because I went to the tomb and the body wasn't there. And if the body wasn't there, then it's obvious that he was resurrected. He was raised from the dead. That's not what she said. What she said was they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. Fact of the matter is we don't know where they put him. I love this because there's no fake in the faith. You know how we do that? Churchy people do that. We have to fake it, right? Fake it till you make it. Non-Christians ask us questions that we don't have the answer for, and we just fake it. You know, we just say stupid stuff. God doesn't say stupid stuff. And he recorded this. This is him writing the story. I love this. The people who brought us the story of the resurrection willingly admit, we thought that when he died, we thought he'd stay dead. Don't you love that? Especially if you're here this morning and you're a doubter, and you have doubted. You've doubted your faith. You've doubted God. You've doubted whether God existed. You look at this and go, you've got to be kidding. I know. This is right here in the, in the story of the resurrection. It's beautiful. So when the women found an empty tomb, they didn't assume a resurrection. They just assumed that somebody stole the body. So Peter and the other disciple, y'all will get it. it. It'll come to you this afternoon and it'll... And then the other disciple started for the tomb. So when Mary came running to the men to say that the body is missing, the men didn't say, don't worry. Nobody stole the body. He ain't dead. This, this is the resurrection. Remember, he taught us all about the resurrection. This is the resurrection, silly girls. Now we know why women can't testify in court or appear. Y'all can't get your story right. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple. I'm telling you, you can't make this up. And it's right here. The other disciple, that's John, outran Peter. So I don't know, is he saying like, I'm the most loved and I was the fastest. 
And, and that's the reason Jesus chose me. Because I'm really, really fast. Don't know what that has to do with being a disciple. But out ran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and he looked in at the strips of cloth, the strips of linen lying there, but he didn't go in. Do you know why John didn't go in? It's a tomb. Come on. It's like early, early one morning when it's still dark and you went to a graveyard and there is a tomb, there's a grave and it's been uncovered. Are you going to jump in? I'm with John, aren't you? Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen, and this is, this is awesome for those of you that doubt. For people that doubt the resurrection, this is awesome proof. When he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around his, Jesus' head, the cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Are you, are you following this? And so they're looking at this, they're going, wait a minute, the body couldn't have been stolen. Who in the world is like going to roll this big stone away, which would have had, that would have taken a lot of effort. Who would have done that and then taken the time to strip a body that's been dead three days? I'm just saying, you probably want to cover up some more of that body that's been dead three days. Are y'all with me at all? I mean, something's going to start to stink. You was like, poo, can we get some cellophane or something? I mean, you wouldn't be anybody stealing the body. You just wouldn't go in and then undress it and then lay the linen back down where it was. You would not go through that much trouble. Then finally, the other disciple, <laughs> which is John, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. Watch this, man. This is sweet. It says he saw and he believed. You know when John, the same John that uh, Jesus loved, maybe more than the others, no, that's not true, who had spent three years walking with Jesus. You know when he finally believed? It wasn't his teaching. He didn't reflect back on the teachings of Jesus. He wasn't reflecting back on the miracles of Jesus, which were awesome, by the way. I mean, he could have said, whoa. You know what? I was there the day that Jesus spoke in Lazarus and he raised him from the dead just with the sheer words that he spoke. He didn't have to go and shake a tomb. He didn't have to slap a body. He didn't have to do anything. All he had to do was say, Lazarus, come forth, and he did. But that's not what caused him to believe. It wasn't the miracles. It wasn't the crucifixion. It was an empty tomb. So if you're not a follower of Jesus and like you're just kind of skeptical and you're here just kind of checking things out I'm just saying that the resurrection is a big deal the church ah, we've messed up a lot we don't always reflect there's not an adequate reflection of who our savior is we don't always live out our faith correctly and we're not always filled with the love that we should be filled with when you look at us you can doubt when you look at prayers that aren't answered you can doubt but the proof in the pudding is the resurrection that's it Jesus' followers didn't re-engage because of something that Jesus taught. Jesus' followers re-engaged because of someone they saw. And then John says, it's been a busy day for these boys. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, when the doors were locked for fear. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? So they're locked away in an upper room. Are y'all with me? I mean, they, they were there. They, they, they saw Jesus when he was arrested. And when he was taken away, and when he was put on a mock trial, and then he was crucified, they ran like sheep without a shepherd. They were scared out of their minds. You know why they were afraid? Because the same Jewish leaders that put Jesus on the cross, their fear was he'll do the same thing. They'll do the same thing for us. We got to be careful about this Jesus that we talk about. We don't want to be associated with them. So that's that's what they're locked away for fear of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and said, I just love Jesus. Peace. <laughs> Peace be with you. Because I'm just saying, if, if it had been me, and that's why I'm not Jesus. <laughs> if it had been me, I'd have said, boo. That would have been the first thing right out of my mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, there would have been some mischief in me. I would have messed with the boys just a little bit. 
I'd have probably had to raise somebody from the dead, but I was still. Peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. So Jesus, knowing how important the resurrection is, appeared to the rest of his disciples. Well, that's right. Everyone except Thomas. I love Thomas. Anybody else in the crowd? I know we beat him up every Easter, right? Sorry, rascal. Doubting Thomas. You know, we give Thomas, and I, I'll read the story of Thomas and think, boy, I'm a lot like Thomas. Let's, so let's read, for those of you like brand new to church. Now Thomas, also known as Denimus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said, forget you. It's kind of in the Greek if you read it. In other words, there must have been some doubt. He said, wait a minute, hang on just a minute. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. There must have been something where Thomas looked at them and said, you know what, I, I love you guys, but the truth to be told is sometimes you exaggerate stuff. You just do. And so I know that you mean well, but I'm not sure if I can believe just listening to you. i got to see it for myself. A week later, his dis disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Boo! No, he didn't. He said, Peace, be still. Then he said to Thomas, oh, man, this is sweet. He didn't beat him over the head with the Bible. He didn't tell him how sorry he was. He just said, Thomas, go ahead. Look at my hands. Put your, put your fingers where the nails were. Put your hand in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord, and you need to understand that word Lord, it means master, my master, and my God. Let me tell you what I think is so fascinating about the story. After Jesus rode from the dead, suddenly these cowards, this same group of men who didn't even expect a resurrection, they, they thought once he died, they thought he would stay dead. As shocked as they were, as as hid away as they were because of their fear, suddenly these guys were in the streets of Jerusalem and they began to preach and teach. And the thing that I want you to understand is they didn't preach and teach the principles of Jesus. They didn't preach and teach the parables of Jesus. In fact, the book of Acts actually tells us that when these guys left that room from seeing, from having a visualization, from seeing him themselves from being able to reach out and touch him. Here's what they said in old Peter. He led the charge. He said, people of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles. And they said, yeah. Wonders. Mm-hmm. And signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen. God knew what would happen. This is not something he knew before. This is something that he realized after the resurrection, after he saw Jesus with his own eyes, he looked back and he said, wait a minute, now I remember. This was not an accident. It wasn't by chance that there was a band of soldiers that arrested him. This is not by chance. This was part of his prearranged plan. And it was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. That was not some fluke. And with the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and you killed him. Now, I'm just saying I'd have left that part out if it had been me. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit didn't ask me. I, I would probably would have left that part out. That's just not a way to influ influence people, right? To win friends and influence people. You wouldn't just go out there and you're trying to lead people to Jesus and say, you killed him. It's probably not the best way to do it. But he was bold. Why was he bold? That's what the resurrection does. That it makes you bold. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death? Death couldn't keep him in its grip. And then he says, God raised Jesus from the dead. And we're all witnesses of this. In other words, here's what he's saying. This ain't no theory. I'm not basing this off of just something that Jesus taught. And he did teach us. And he did predict his death. 
He did predict his resurrection. He did. But I'm telling you, this is not just off of a teaching. This is off of the very fact that we saw him with our very own eyes. He is alive. You, you want to know why suddenly now we have a boldness that we've never had before? You want to know why I would be so bold looking into a crowd of the very ones that simply days before had cried crucified? You want to know where that boldness comes from? It comes from a resurrection. So they went into the streets of Jerusalem and they had a four-point message, basically. <laughs> Four points. Some of y'all got that. Some of you probably won't. You killed him. God raised him. We've seen him. Now say you're sorry. That was their message. The Peter who denied him and knowing Jesus. Who said, I don't, I don't know that man. This was the Peter who was afraid to be associated with Jesus after the crucifixion. And now he's talking to people that were literally part of the crucifixion. But that's what the resurrection does. It makes you bold. In verse 37 it says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Now this is, again, keep in, keep in your mind. This is the same group of people that had cried, crucify him, crucify him. The part of an angry mob of people that the only thing that would bring content to their heart was to see in some man who had never done them any harm at all put on a cross and crucified. The same group of people said, you know what? You're right, we killed him. And, and we believe that you saw him. And I think that the real truth here is, is they're not just simply looking at the disciples and saying, we believe it because you saw him. They're saying, we believe, there have been too many people. I wonder how many of those people said, you know what, I had a cousin. And I, I, somebody else said, I had a, a sister, I had a brother, I had a, I had a husband, I had a wife. There was somebody in my family, I had that neighbor, and they saw him. I mean, other people, other people that weren't a part of his posse, they weren't a part of the 12, they saw him. I'm telling you, we believe we believe that this man that we were a part of having crucified, we believe that he's alive. Now what should we do? So Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. I'm just saying the resurrection is a big deal. So, the best reason for you to give your life to Jesus it's not the church. The best reason for you to give your life to Jesus isn't an answered prayer. The, the best reason for you to give your life to Jesus isn't some miracle that God's worked for you. The best reason for you to give your life to Jesus is the resurrection. And to be quite honest with you, it's the only thing that really answers the question of how this movement began really with a no-name nobody. Are you with me? Jesus never traveled more than 100 miles away from his home, never wrote a book. Are you with me? He, he chose 12 guys, and if you're just honest, probably would have said, I think I'd have picked somebody a little different. I mean, I know there's John. <laughs> but the rest of them are a pretty sorry lot, right? And so how in the world, how in the world, and people have had all kind of theories. Let me tell you why. It's because the resurrection is real. The resurrection is a really, really big deal. And it punctuates the point of his crucifixion, which is the forgiveness of sin. It says, this is why I did what I did. Because I love you that much. I'm crazy about you. And all I want is a relationship. I ask people this. I, I meet with pastors often, it seems like, over the last few months or so. and I'll often look into their eyes and say, why, what do you think God wants from you? And often they'll give me their call. They'll say, well, when I was so-and-so in God, and this is, my, this is my call, and so I'm supposed to fulfill, and I look at them and say, no. Do you believe the God that created the heavens and the earth needs you for what? He spoke through a donkey in the Old Testament. I'm just saying. He doesn't need you. He wants you. He wants you. He desires a relationship with you. 
and the resurrection. Here's what it means for us as followers of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, your hope is not in vain. That's what it means. When Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, it, He is the resurrection and the life. And it means that the people that you have loved and lost, who are followers of Jesus, you'll be united with them one day. And why do we believe that? Because it's the power of the resurrection. If you're not a follower of Jesus, this is why that no matter how bad your church experience has been, no matter how crooked the last Christian you did business with was, no matter what you saw in your Christian home growing up that probably maybe didn't resemble anything that remotely looks like Jesus, no matter what you've seen terms of the hypocrisy of the church no matter how many unanswered prayers you've had I would say to you on this Easter Sunday you should give Jesus another chance first and foremost because he claimed to have died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin out of his great love for he died on the cross. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead, and in him is life. And this morning, he wants to step into your life. He wants to offer you his love. He's alive. If you're here this morning, you're not a follower of Jesus maybe this morning what you're experiencing right now you know what I'm saying is true because what you feel is the awesome presence of a resurrected Savior you feel it don't you you think oh this is it yeah and in spite of all of the bad experiences that you've had right now you have to know he's alive and he wants to step into your so if you're here this morning, you're not a follower of Jesus, but you'd like to be. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. And maybe you're not a follower, but you'd like to be. And maybe you'd pray a prayer or something like this. You know, maybe you'd start, like for me, I just think, wow. God, it's unbelievable the depth of your love. sweetness of your love God we've even walked through this morning your integrity and telling the story that you didn't leave anything out thank you for the love that would be displayed on a cruel Roman cross thank you for being willing to pay my sin debt. I believe that you're alive and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. Step into my life and be my Savior. From this day forward, I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Everybody look this way. So we started off the message. Uh, we started off this day with uh, this really, really powerful song. And I know it's a busy day. and It's spring well, so y'all get here late. Let's just be honest. That's just <laughs> and I am so incredibly uh, proud of the people that I get to serve with. They're amazing. And this song just, oh, man. It, it was, I guess we just go back and do the whole set. We need to do that first song again. Can we just do that?
the shadows, bound for the gallows, a dead man walking, till love came calling, rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up, six feet Too far.